It is great to have you here at Grace Church. We welcome you. And uh, man, it is just a um, great time of worship. Brad, thanks for leading that time. Man, what a powerful song. I think if we truly understood that we are children of God because of our faith in Jesus Christ, it really changes everything. It changes the reality. It changes everything inside of us. It changes our focus. And we're going we're gonna to learn more about that today. And uh, so I just want to welcome you to Grace Church. If, if it's your first time here, my name's Justin Ross. I'm the lead pastor here at Grace Church. And uh, man, Brad has said it multiple times already, but we really are all about Jesus Christ. We want to see him lifted high. We want to see him celebrated. And we believe that he is the difference maker, that he changes everything. And we have been in this letter called Colossians. And uh, this morning we're going to be in chapter 3, and we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 17. But I just want to give us a brief recap to help those of us that may be the first time here to kind of catch up to speed here. But we are in this letter called Colossians. It's a letter written by the Apostle Paul and his ministry partner Timothy while they were in prison. They were in prison and they wrote this letter. And it is the most important letter, the most powerful letter ever written in the history of mankind. So you picked the right Sunday to be here as we uh, study this very important letter. And they are writing to the people of Colossae. Colossae was a New Testament city. And they're writing to this church, these people of Colossae, because they were starting to drift away from their focus on Jesus. They were starting to believe, they were starting to think that it was Jesus plus something else. Like Jesus was not enough. It had to be Jesus plus good works or Jesus plus you had to give a certain amount of money, or Jesus and you had to rub shoulders with the right influential people. It was Jesus plus something, and they were starting to drift away from the truth. And Paul and Timothy are writing this letter to bring them back and to bring a clear focus and to remind them that it's Jesus plus nothing. It's not Jesus plus something. It's Jesus plus nothing. He is enough, and He is, he is all that you need. He is able. He's good. Just like we sang, he is for you, he's not against you, it's Jesus plus nothing. Um, we also learned that, <clears throat> you know, the, many of us ask questions as, as human beings, we ask the question, am I worth anything? And we've learned that in our communities that we live in, a lot of people have come to the wrong conclusion and, and they have falsely believed that their life isn't worth anything. And they have made the drastic, horrible decision to take their lives, believing that they're not worthy, that their life isn't valuable. And Paul and Timothy reminded us that your, your life has great worth because God created you. God specifically designed you. God knit you together in your mother's womb. That's why you have worth, because God took special interest in you. We also learn that many of us ask, then if, if my life is worth something, then why am I here? Like, what is my purpose for even existing? Why am I here? And we learned in this letter called Colossians that you were created by God and you were created for God. You're created for His glory. Your life can bring glory to the Almighty God. Your life can bring a smile to the face of God. I think that is truly truly remarkable. We also gave some challenges throughout this series, and one of the challenges was to just read the letter of Colossians. It's four simple chapters, and I just want to encourage you to continue to read that chapter 
or uh, that letter, rather, as we go through this. And, and the reason is I don't want you to just take my word for it. I want you to find it for yourself. I want you to read it for yourself. So read the letter of Colossians as we continue the series. And some of you might be thinking, man, I thought this was just a four-week series. It was, but we changed things up around here at Grace Church. We like change. And so what I was going to do at the very beginning was an aerial view, okay? This is me flying over the letter of Colossians, if you were wondering, okay? We were going to do an aerial view of Colossians, but man, as I uh, dove into it, it was like, we have got to dive in even deeper. So uh, we are continuing this series called Colossians, and uh, I trust that God's going to use it in a powerful way even today. So we are in chapter 3, and there are two words <clears throat> that I want us to focus on. Two words. The first word is glory. Right? You're like, man, I hear that at church a lot, the glory, right? That's the first word we're going to focus on. And the second word is the word garment or clothing. Two words, glory and garment. And we've talked about how everything has changed in our lives, and all of that has happened because of our faith in Jesus Christ. Everything has changed inside of us. Everything has changed um, in us because of our faith in Christ. And now we're going to see in this chapter, chapter 3, that Paul is going to help us to remember that we have a new reality in life. We have a new you. There's a new dimension. There is a new reality because of this life in Jesus Christ. And let me just remind us that it wasn't just one decision that you made, maybe when you were 12 or 13 or when you were 18 or 26 or 35 or maybe even 65. You know, it wasn't just one decision of faith and, and then you're like, man, I'm good, I'm in heaven and now I live how I want to live. That's not how it works. It is a new reality. It's a new lifestyle. It's a new focus. Everything changes when you meet the Savior of the world. Everything changes. It's not just one decision you make, but it's actually opening a brand new identity, a brand new reality. And Paul is clarifying for us in these opening few verses what that reality is. What is this new life? What does living the new life really mean? What does it look like? And these first couple verses are just stunning. They're, they are truly amazing. So the Apostle Paul says this in Colossians chapter 3. We're going to read verses 1 and 2. If you don't have your Bibles, that's okay. You can read along on the screen. Um, <clears throat> we'll have the verses up there for you. But he says this in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. He says, Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, Set your sights on the reality of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Verse 2. Think about these things of heaven. Think about heaven. Not the things of earth. In other words, if, if all this is really true, if if all this has truly changed in our life, Paul is telling us, I want you to be able to live in the power of that change. I want you to live in the reality of that change. I want things to be different for you. I don't want you to meet Jesus and then you just keep doing and thinking and living the same way. Once you meet Jesus, I want it to be different. I want it to be a new reality. 
In other words, I want you to be able to realize that when things changed inside of you, that Christ put you on a new path. He put you on a new track, a new dimension in life. So we're not just looking at things, you know, on our to-do list. I mean, we as humans, we just get so caught up on what we got to do, what we got to do, what we got to do. It's not about your to-do list. It's not about what you have to get done on your iCal or your Google calendar. It's not about all the to-dos. We're actually looking forward to eternal realities. Eternal realities, things to come, where Jesus Christ is right now seated at the right hand of the Father, whereby, because of faith in Him, we are connected to that reality right now. It's incredible. And that means we're we're living in worlds that actually cross over each other. They overlap. We're living in this world. You and I, right now, we have jobs. We have bills that we have to pay. We have marriages that we need to keep healthy. We have kids that we have to raise. We have to cook meals so that we don't go hungry. Like, there's things that we have to do in this world. But we're also, as children of God, we're already a part of another world. These worlds overlap. We're already at home in another place because of our relationship, because of our connection to Jesus Christ. And then look at what Paul goes on to say in verses 3 and 4. He says, for you died. And you're like, hey, wait a minute, man. I'm sitting here right now listening to you. You know, what do you mean I died? He says, for you died to this life. You died to the old you, to the old realities, to the old values that you had. You died to those things. And your real life is hidden with Christ in God. You see, I'm, I'm talking to you in this fantastic old church building today. And when I read these words, I just want to jump through the roof. Because of what Paul says, because of what Timothy says. And, and the reality is we just have a few moments to think about these words, but they are so powerful. But this is what we're reading when we read this. What we're reading today is that our worldview has changed. Like everything, our lens, the way we treat our spouse, the way we raise our children, the way we handle money, the way we go to our job, the way we we eat, the way we think. I mean, everything has changed. Our worldview has changed because of this new reality of a relationship with God. Because we met Christ. It's it's no longer everything orbiting around me. Because that's that's like naturally wired into us because of our sinful nature. It's always just about me, right? That was the old way. It's no longer everything orbiting around me. It's now me orbiting around the one who is supreme and sufficient in everything. It's, it's no longer God at my beck and call. I think, <clears throat> I like to say many of us, you know, we, we treat God like Santa Claus. We just hand him our list and say, hey, this is what I want and this is when I want it. And we just expect him to show up at our beck and call. What it is, is it's me here alive right now to serve him. 
to glorify Him with my life, to live for Him. You you see, the mindset of me saying, man, it's all about me, I'm in charge, it's all about my plans, my dreams, I'm in control, I'm in the driver's seat. Like, those days are gone. Those are things of the past. It's now a new reality. There is a new me. There is a new life. And this new life is hidden with Christ in God. You see, I am so connected to God. I am so connected to Him that I can never be disconnected. I am in Christ. Christ is in God. The Trinity is all connected together. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They're all connected together. And I personally, I'm interwoven into that reality. It's unbelievable. It's incredible. And then Paul says this in verse 4. And when Christ, who is your life, who is your life? You remember how we talked a couple sermons back? We talked that just like you received Christ, so you, you may say, man, how do I receive this faith or this, this relationship with God? How do I receive Christ? And we learned that it's by grace. You don't deserve it, but it's by grace through faith. It's an act of faith. It's a decision of faith. But remember, we talked the same way that you decide or that you choose to follow Christ You live your faith out the exact same way. You live out this new life by grace, through faith. You live it out the same way. You see, Christ is not just an eternal check mark. It's not like, man, I I got God, and I made the decision, and I got dunked in some water, and now I'm good, and I can live however I want. That's that's not what, what Paul wants for us. That's not what God wants for us. What Paul is saying is Jesus is the very source of your life. He is the very source of your life on this very Sunday. You're alive right now because of Jesus Christ. And he says, when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all of his glory. There is a moment coming when the radiant Son of God is going to appear again In this world. I mean, that is truly amazing. Jesus is coming again. And when he does, those of us who have put our faith in him are going to be right in the middle of that glory with him. That's what Paul is saying. Now, I have to take a little time out, and I have to be honest with you. I grew up in church, and I hear words like glory, and I... I just think I have a thick skull, and I just didn't really understand. I wish I understood better what glory means. You know, like, what does that mean to be right in the middle of the glory of God? Like, it kind of sounds cool, but I don't really understand it. I'm having a hard time wrapping my mind around it. And so I'm going to give you the Justin simplistic version of what I, I think this means, okay? This is not gospel. This is just Justin's thoughts. But I like to look at it this way. What does it mean, glory? Football season's starting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I really like football. I like sports. But, you know, you play the game to win. The teams that I coach, I ask them all the time, is it more fun to win or to lose? You can answer the question right now. Is it more fun to win or to lose? 
It's more fun to win. Come on, if you're honest, it's more fun to win. If you like losing, you can be a Browns fan like Pastor Chris, all right? <clears throat> but it's more fun to win. It's more fun to win. You play a season and you have a goal to be the champions. And we've seen this on TV. At the end of the season, the winning team, they win the Super Bowl. And they're holding up the trophy and the confetti is falling and someone gets a new car, you know, because they're the player of the game. And it's like, wow, they're like thousands of fans, millions of viewers all watching them. Wow, that is some incredible glory. That'd be cool, man. I'd love to be holding up that trophy in the middle of that glory. But the way my simplistic minds, it could be the World Series. I couldn't remember the last service, what they call the championship in soccer, but I was reminded it's the World Cup, all right? So maybe it's even the World Cup. Whatever sport you like, it could be skiing. Maybe you do, you know, your flip and you land it. And it's like, yeah, whatever that glory is, all of that glory just pales in comparison to the glory of God. I mean, think about the coolest thing in the world that you would love to have and how cool that would be. That would be awesome. And the glory of God makes that just go away. And Paul is saying, because of your faith in Christ, when he returns, we're going to be right in the middle of the glory of God. That's amazing. That's amazing. The second word that we're going to talk about is the word garment or clothing. He goes on to say that he wants us to fight against our old nature, our old way of thinking, our old values. Remember, the challenge was given to to come up with some values for your family, maybe even hang them on the wall, but whether we know it or not, in our old way of living, we were living according to some values. And maybe you, you know, they were wicked values. They were evil values. They were the wrong values. Maybe you had the value, you didn't even know it, but you had the value of lying. Like, I'm just going to lie to get what I want. You know, I'm going to be deceitful. I'm going to be um, rude. You know, what, whatever those values were. And the Apostle Paul, he lists out some of the the evil ways, the evil thoughts, the way we used to live there in Colossians chapter 3. But he was saying that the power of sin was over us. We were sinners. We were just doing things wrong because we were born that way. It was over us. And he's telling us that he wants us to put on this new creation or put on this new garment in Christ. Listen to the way he writes it. In verse 12, he says, Since God chose you to be holy people that he loves. Now, let me quickly remind us, that's who you are in Christ. Like, I don't know, when you walked in here today, I don't know what your view of God was, because the enemy has done a really good job of distorting that. But Paul is clarifying, God is for you. He loves you. He, he, he wants the best for you. And he chose you to be the holy people that he loves. He goes on to say, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy and kindness and humility, gentleness and patience. He's giving us a mental picture today that in this new reality, it's as if, it's a, it's as if we took off the old us and through the power of Christ, we put on the new us. It was like this morning when I 
got out of bed, and I went to my closet, and I picked out this shirt to wear, right? I picked it out. There was like three options there, and I just, I honestly didn't think much about it. I just grabbed it, but I put this shirt on. I put it on. I took off what I was wearing, and I put this on. It's the same mindset. It has to be intentional. And aren't you glad I'm wearing a shirt this morning, right? It has to be intentional. Like when you get up in the morning, you have to put on this new life in Jesus Christ. It's a new lifestyle. It's a new reality. I have to put on kindness. I'm going to treat my spouse with respect. I'm going to love my children. I'm going to be patient with my children. I'm going to intentionally choose to do that. I'm going to I'm going to be the best employee at work today. I'm going to intentionally put that on. I'm going to choose this new life, this new reality and it's daily. It's daily you put this on. He says clothe yourselves with the new you, the new reality through the power of Christ. And he says it's a lifestyle. It's, it's something that you intentionally do. You know, I, I've been learning this in my journey, my faith in Jesus Christ. I've been learning this as I walk with Christ, that it's a lifestyle. Like I, I kind of fell into that same thinking that, man, I, I made a decision when I was 13 to follow Jesus. Like, shouldn't everything just fall into place? But, man, I'm learning more and more every day that it's a daily decision to follow Jesus Christ. Daily, I need to clothe myself with this new reality. That old me, those thoughts that I have, those evil desires within me, and come on, let's be honest, like those thoughts, those desires are real. There's stuff floating inside of me that I don't want in there. But sin is still a part of my story. Sin is still a part of your story. But that's not who we are. That's not who we are anymore. It's, you see, it's not just, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. No, you were a sinner saved by grace. You still have the capacity to sin, but that's not who you are anymore. You are new in Jesus Christ. In Christ, you are holy. You are loved. You are righteous. You are changed. You have been made brand new. Man, Justin, that is good preaching this morning. I am so glad that you are talking. Like you are in Christ and Christ is in you. So this, this new garment, okay, these new clothes that you're putting on, it's a daily attitude of living in the Word. It's a daily attitude of or decisions of living in the truth. It's daily changing the way you think. It's, it's reminding yourselves again of how God views you, how God views us. I say this to my four boys often. You know, when I, when I have to discipline them, when I have to get on to them, when I have to say no, when they want something really bad, and I have to just, in my best effort, try to remind them, man, if you guys only knew If you only knew how much I love you. If you only knew how much mom loves you. If we only knew 
how much God loved us. And if we only knew, I think if we could even get a slight glimpse, I think our confidence level would increase. I think we would start walking with our head held high. We would be more bold and courageous and passionate because my Father loves me and accepts me. My my Father loves me. And it doesn't matter. There's a lot of earthly fathers who have failed and made miserable decisions and mistakes, but your heavenly Father is perfect. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And He loves you if you only knew how much God loves you. If you only knew. When we put this new garment on every day, what does that mean? It means that I'm choosing to live in that new reality every day. It means exactly what it says in verse 12, that I'm going to be more tender towards my spouse. It means that I'm going to be more patient with my children. It means that I'm going to show kindness to those around me. It means that it's not all about me. It means that I'm going to be more humble. Gentleness and patience, it's going to flow out of me. Listen to verses 13 and 14. Paul and Timothy, they say, make allowance for each other's faults. Can, can I just say, we're, we are, we're going to mess up. Your spouse is going to mess up. Your children are going to make mistakes. Your pastor is going to make stupid decisions. Like, we are, we are imperfect people. We're going to mess up. And so Paul's saying, hey, make allowance for that. Make allowance. Like, don't be so caught off guard when someone makes a bad decision. doesn't give us the right to make bad decisions, but don't be so caught off guard. And forgive each other. Forgiveness. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Verse 14, Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. You know, I, I think a lot of times... We get stuck thinking, man, if, if I could just change my behavior, then everything would be good. If I could just change my behavior. But the reality is, is you can't change your behavior. You could change it maybe for a few months or maybe even a year, but you cannot change yourself. You don't have the power to do that. And Christ is saying, I'm the one who changed who you are. And that is the power that permeates or changes your behavior. You can't change yourself. Only God can do that. That's the power of Christ within us. And then he comes down to the word glory again. And this is the, I believe this is the biggest idea that has ever been thought in human history. Like not only are we reading the greatest letter ever written in the history of mankind, not only did we answer the two most important questions in the history of mankind, now you're about to hear the greatest idea ever thought in the history of mankind. It's good that you are at church today. Man, you are hearing some incredible things. Here it is. The biggest, most important idea, incredible, ever thought. Verse 17. 
Paul closes this entire section by saying, and whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Whatever you do in word or deed, do it to the glory of God. Do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ. Man, I I wish I would have understood this better as a young boy, as a young Christian. Somehow, you know, we get this idea that finding the will of God is like finding a needle in, in a big haystack, you know, or it's like finding that little grain of sand on all the beaches of the world. Like it's next to impossible. We get this idea that, man, I don't think I'll ever find the will of God. It's like this carrot dangling on the end of a stick and we just can never reach it. A lot of us struggle even today asking ourselves, like, man, am I in the will of God? Am I doing what God wants me to do? Am I working the right job? You know, I'm in in this medical profession, but maybe I was supposed to be a realtor. You know, I don't know. Or did I marry the right spouse? Am I living in the right town? And it's like this, like we're in a washing machine just being tumbled around. and, And it's like really confusing at times. It's as if there was this one mysterious thing that you had to find. The will of God. And you begin to feel, you even begin to think that you're not going to find it. And so we settle for this mediocre Christian life. And we falsely believe that we can never reach it, that we can never understand it, that we can never obtain it. And then come along Paul and Timothy, and they just blow up that thinking in the most beautiful way. Paul says, It's not about what you do. It's about why or it's about how you do what you do. It's not about what you do. It's about why you do what you do. So the question is, is what motivates you to do what you do? This is why it's the biggest idea, the most important idea ever, because it eliminates comparison. You know, it's, man, I'm comparing myself to his job or to her job or I'm comparing my family to their family, you know, and it's, man, it just eliminates that way of thinking. And Paul's saying it doesn't matter. What matters is why you do what you do. It doesn't matter what you do for a living. What matters is why you do it. Why you do it. What's the motivation behind why you do what you do? You see, we're all good at something. We've all been gifted by God with talents or abilities. And he says, like, what are you doing with those talents or abilities? And why are you using those abilities? It's not about the needle in the haystack. It's about the haystack. Like, he says, whatever you do or say, do it all in the name of Jesus. So what that means is you can go to work tomorrow you, you can be a mother today. You can do the laundry today. You can go on a trip across the country today. You could go hunting today. You could be on a boat at the lake today. And whatever you do in word or deed, do it 
God, here's the key. Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. It's not about what you do. It's about why. Why are you doing what you're doing? And listen, the way that you can know, the way we can know that our lives matter and that we are in the will of God is to do everything that we're good at and everything that we're wired up to do, everything that we're passionate about for a bigger glory and a bigger story. What that means is, man, when success does come your way or you do something that prospers or you, man, you, you just, <clears throat> you're getting some earthly glory you, you act as a mirror. And when you receive the praise of men and women and children, you reflect that glory right back to God. You say, it's by grace. It is by the grace of God that I am who I am and that I'm where I am. It is by the grace of God. It's, it's all for Him. It's all for His glory. You reflect the glory back to Him. Jesus is coming again in glory. We just read that. And no one has even come close to His glory. And when He comes in His glory, we can be right in the middle of all that glory by saying, all the things I did on earth, my goal was to do it through Him and for Him. My goal was that Jesus would be celebrated. With that Man, people would say, Jesus is awesome because of how He's working in His life or her life. I know that you have passion in your life. I know that there's some dreams and hopes and things that God is maybe even leading you to do. And I want to tell you this morning, in the name of God, go for it. Go for it. Live your life to the fullest. Go for it in the name of God of Jesus Christ. Do it for His glory. And whatever you do, do it all for Him. But here's the purpose. The purpose is so that Christ may be seen as supreme and sufficient in and through your life. That's the purpose. He's enough. Live your life for His glory, for His honor. He's enough. I'm going to close in prayer this morning. Father God, thank You for Your Word. Wow, this letter from Paul and Timothy is just, it's as if, God, you were telling them what to write. And we believe that was the case. That through your spirit, Paul and Timothy were writing exactly what we needed to hear. This letter that's so old, so relevant to us today. It's, it's awesome. God, I pray that whatever we do in our in our family, our marriage, in our church life, what we do for recreation, what we do for our careers. Man, I just pray that we would do it for your glory. Lord, it would eliminate comparison. It would eliminate thinking that someone's better than the other. But in fact, man, we're all striving to glorify you, Jesus. I just pray that you would make this a reality in our lives personally, a reality in our church and that we could see a visible difference because of this reality, because we have been changed by the power of Jesus Christ. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.